0: You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of November 3rd, 2019. This is episode 136. From that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barce. And happy November, I'm
1: Chris Powell. On this episode, Maya Angelou once said, We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty. AJ and I believe that all of us, including you listening right now, are beautiful and all of us are amazingly unique. How we got to where we are at this time in life is the result of experiences and interactions with other people. Some of these people have affected our chrysalis state, like my butterfly reference, and sent us on a different development path. Join AJ and me as we share those who have, and who currently, help shape our unique wings. Another butterfly reference. I'm embracing my inner lepidopterologist, if you can't tell by now, this, is a Bellingham podcast.
0: Remember, remember the 5th of November, the Gunpowder Treason and Plot. How are you doing, Chris? There once was a man from Nantucket. I'm doing just great. Well, you were doing this beautiful beat poetry, metamorphosize. I you, I don't have the words like you do. I so. just
1: went with it, man. This is a, We're talking about inspiration, if you haven't heard by now. But uh, before we get to uh, what has inspired us and what currently inspires us, AJ, what the heck is that on your wrist? <laughs> as, I, as I dial it in. Please dial it in. We're trying. Uh, desperately to, to do that
0: as well. <laughs> Sup, watch fam. Uh, I finally, after much hunting, uh, I finally acquired a watch that I have been uh, on the hunt for.
1: Target acquired.
0: It's a uh, it's 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 from the era of the the 70s where um, uh, micro brands, what what we would call a micro brand today. Um, kind of where it was doing its first renaissance. We had a lot of department store brands back in the, in the day. And skin divers were all the, 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 the rage. And out of that era, we had um, a company called uh, Legant, which means the glove in French. Okay. Um, Legant, who uh, basically made the skin diver. Uh, basically, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening, it's basically imagine like your atypical dive watch from the 70s, kind of a uh, oval shape, not a, a true circle shaped uh, case. And a bezel that usually clicks. This one doesn't click. And on, on instead of there being minutes around the, the bezel, it has cities. This really? Is, this is a Legant QS World Timer. So it actually has a bezel that has 12 cities. Is Ferndale among one of them? No. But, How about uh, Custer? No. Linden? No. Birch Bay? No, but Tel Aviv. Okay, okay, that works. Uh, no, so it's it's a it's it's just a, it's just a simple uh, passive world timer. So uh, there's no movement in here that actually snaps with every hour. You just manually set it, and you can tell twelve time zones at a glance. I really wish more watches would do this, and I've been wanting one of these for oh, over a year. And finally, I found one, wanted on auction, and it's basically new old stock with a gorgeous blue dial and numerals at 12, 9, and 6. And then it has a, um, uh, a Japanese movement, Pre Seiko, uh, owning them um, in it, and it's got a day date. And it's just, I'm very happy. And it's got an EA8 uh, leather strap on it. Sup, Eric?
1: All right. Uh, it does stand out in a crowd. Uh, it is definitely not something that looks like a black square yeah. uh, on your wrist. Thank you. So uh, good on you for going back to the 70s yeah. uh, where where the hair was
0: huge and the, so were the platform uh, boots. But it dovetails into what we're talking about because whenever I look at my wrist and I see these 12 cities, it inspires me to get my wonderlust on and travel because that is one of the things that I love to look forward to. So Chris, what are we talking about today?
1: Uh, we're, we're talking about inspiration.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow, that was deep. <laughs> Why don't you start us off?
0: Uh, yeah, so on this episode, Chris and I just want to kind of go through some of the things that you know made us who we are today, or shaped a lot of our views that we are today, whether it's in our past, or present, or uh, future. So, actually, I'm going to put you on the spot because y- you're older than me, so you have to go back further. <laughs> <see what laughs> Age I did before there. beauty, right? Age before beauty, <laughs> buddy.
1: You're young whippersnapper. Here I go. Uh, I've, I've. You know, as we're talking about uh, doing a show on things and people that inspire us, I did a little bit of a reflection on my life. And there are a couple instances that uh, have formed who I am today, a couple people who uh, have turned me into the uh, gregarious idiot that you have on the microphone in front of you. But back in the halcyon days of my ute, Uh, when life was simple in the mid to late 80s and and, and early 90s in high school era. uh, And the life was a lot, you know, a little less uh, of the knowledgeable type. Yes, I understand the wonder years. I I was innocent back then. But I had the opportunity the summer leading into the senior year in high school of attending Evergreen Boys State in Washington. Now, what the heck is Evergreen Boys State? So the Evergreen Boys State is uh, sponsored by the American Legion. Uh, It's a leadership action program where, uh, I'm reading from this if you couldn't tell, (laughs) qualified male high school juniors take part in a practical government course designed to develop in the young citizens a working knowledge of the structure of government and to impress upon them the fact that government is just what they make it. It originally was brought uh, around in the... uh, around in World War II era, where Hmm. they wanted young men to be able to get more familiar with civics and government and such. And the teachers of my high school thought that I was a nice young man, go figure, and nominated me to be a representative of Sequim High School uh, going to Evergreen Boys State. I had a great week there, uh, but there was a keynote from, at that time, uh, a fellow by the name of C.G., his nickname was Coke, Roberts. C.G. Roberts was a former director of Evergreen Boys State, and he gave one of the most impressive, inspiring keynote speeches to about 500 uh, senior boys in, in high school, in which he had a, uh, a, a, a theme that consisted of this. I will do what I say I will do when I say I will do it. I've never forgotten that way back then when I was a youngster and uh, to now that has formed who I am. I will do what I say I will do when I say I will do it. That was so inspiring to me and I attempted to be able to live up to that claim. Wow. And I've bored the crap out of people at times talking about that, why I do what I do. But anyway, that was uh, some early on inspiration. Along those lines, not as serious, if you will, um, when I was growing up, I watched about five hours of professional wrestling on TV every Saturday afternoon with my grandfather.
0: I feel you, brother.
1: Uh, Yes. And we watched all kinds of wrestling. If you're, if you're part of the wrestling fam, sup, I'm, I'm one of your homies. But there, was a, <laughs> there were a couple guys uh, down south. They initially started, I believe, up in the Minnesota AWA era. But uh, their wrestling names were Hawk and Animal. And I believe the real names are Mike and Joe, but that's for all the, sno- uh, the <laughs> Hawk smart- Hawk and Animal sounds way cooler. Yeah, but that, exactly. Hawk and Animal were the Road Warriors. Yeah. And they were managed by Precious Paul Ellering. And the thing about the Road Warriors, not only were they like huge and buff, they took on everyone. It didn't matter if you were the Russians. Now, back in the 80s, kids, uh, the United States and Russia had a Cold War. Uh and uh, Ivan and his nephew Nikita Koloff and their friend, Crusher Khrushchev, were part of this uh, trifecta of Russian bad guys. The, ro- the Road Warriors took them on. Uh, they also took on the Midnight Express. They also took on the American Dream Duthed Road and Magnum TA uh, as well. And it didn't matter who you were, they were gonna kick your butt. <laughs> and, I, and they had face paint and they would uh, have like mohawk hair or Hawk actually had a reverse mohawk, which is kind of funny when you think about the name. And I watched them uh, virtually every Saturday in what they called squash matches. And what a squash match is, is you've got two guys who are wrestlers, part of the crew, that let's just say their skills may not be as uh, high level as the uh, other squashers. And Hawk and Animal, Animal, they run into the ring and just start pounding the crap out of these guys. It was usually about a 25 to 30 second match. And I just love those guys. <laughs> uh, and so that was very inspiring to me, one to get as buff as the Road Warriors. I had, ah. a, I had a poster in my room uh, of, of Hawk and Animal from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. For any of you that were back in the mm-hmm. 80s and had the monthly magazine PWI, Yeah, you feel me. Uh, That was hanging in my room. Some guys had swimsuit models like Heather Locklear and uh, Farrah Fawcett. I had Hawk and Animal (laughs) on my bedroom. Uh, And then finally in the Halcyon days, uh, there was one time when I pulled a Ferris Bueller and I just... uh, Wait, wait, wait,
0: you backed up a Ferrari out
1: of a garage? Close. I faked being sick so Ah, I could stay home from school. And... (laughs) I was sitting in my uh, family room while my parents were at work, uh, eating Top Ramen, drinking orange juice and watching MTV. Back orange when,
0: juice or Tang?
1: Orange juice. Oh, okay. Didn't, I, I'm not down with a Tang click. Okay, okay. Um, I'm down with a Wu-Tang click, but that's a different story. Uh And I was watching MTV back when they played rock videos. And in a certain state of of drowsiness, because I took a nap, I woke up and I watched a video by the rock band Poison. And the video was for nothing but a good time. And for those of you that have seen this video, hey kids, you can go onto YouTube, type in Poison, nothing but a good time and see what I saw. Uh, This was back in 1987 or 86, I believe. That's 87, I believe. And I watched the guitarist. His name was C.C. DeVille. And C.C. DeVille had
0: this- Drink. Yes. You, if anybody hasn't caught on to why we were doing that for so long, now you know. Yes, 80s rock guitarists drink. Um, <laughs> CeCe DeVille
1: had this wild, huge, white, shocking white hair that was aquanet to death. Hairspray teased up everywhere. But the thing in that video was he was throwing around and being, playing with like nine different guitars. All of them were flashy. And I'm looking at this video, I'm like, wow, I want to I wanna be like that. I want to play guitar. It wasn't Eddie Van Halen. It wasn't Ted Nugent. It wasn't His Royal Highness Steve Vai. It was CC freaking DeVille in Poison, and I wanted to be like that. So that evening, as we are at the dinner table, and I was all of a sudden feeling better uh, from uh, faking being sick to stay home from school, I asked my parents, Mom and Dad, I'd like to learn how to play electric guitar. Yeah. And I may have talked about this in a Mm -hmm. previous show, but unbelievable – that CeCe DeVille from Poison is one of my inspirational people in my early days of Ute.
0: Dude, that that's cool. Know what else is an inspirational thing from your Ute? Uh, boy. Um, the fact that we're streaming on KMRE 102.3 FM?
1: That's right. They are community-powered. <laughs> I remember now. And they're also streaming worldwide on the internets, uh, whether it's mobile browser or desktop web browser at kmre.org. I yes.
0: that was good. I just slipped that one in.
1: Nice one. Uh, so there's one part of inspiration for me in my college. So I, ha- I went to college for five years. Yeah. Don't remember a thing from any of those classes after all this time. It's been about uh, 23 years since I graduated. But there's one thing in a management class. Now, I graduated with a bachelor's in business. Uh, in a management class, we had a discussion. It was about ethics. This, this was uh, Management 482, I believe, uh, on ethics. And the question was this. If you ask yourself, would I do this if it was going to be publicized on the front page of the newspaper, or kids? If you, uh, nowadays, if you go to the actual homepage of the website, uh, above the fold, would I do this if this would be broadcast or uh, published at the top? That was the benchmark for what I would compare decisions I would make as a professional and as a as a grown-up. Uh, that had inspired me to reflect upon that in many decisions I would make uh, growing up. So, um, yeah, I've got some things in in, in my grown-up life uh, to go back, but I've talked way too much. Uh, AJ, talk about some of the uh, things or people who inspire you.
0: Well, other than um, my 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 family that raised me and my family that I am raising, my son. There you go. Other than the the, the give me's, uh, I have to I have to. A lot of these are more contemporary folk, but I definitely look to them as uh, as like motivation and inspirational, um, largely because they come from different areas of like how I kind of see myself. So at the top, um, in the in the adventure vein, obviously in the Pacific Northwest and being born and bred here, like. Cascades are basically I feel like an extension of my backyard. You are
1: an adventurous mamma jamma. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome
0: and there's a there's a journalist and photographer and adventurer for lack of better terms that uh, I've mentioned before in a different role that he he serves currently He's also a podcaster. He's one half of the gray NATO and his name is Jason Heaton. Hi, Jason uh, Sup Jason Jason's one of those guys where I I'd stumble upon his stuff kind of earlier on and I didn't know like That what he was and this is before gray NATO got started and stuff, but but if you, if you listen to Jason or you read his stuff, it's just interesting. The guy has a different take when it comes to Kit. And that's why I, I probably follow, kind of glommed on him early on because he kind of falls in the same vein as we do, where it's not necessarily about the, the shiny. It's more about how that tool is going to be used. If oh, it's yeah. useful, cool, get it. If it's not useful, forget about it. Him and his wife, Gashani are a tag team duo that th- they're part of their own firm. Their firm is called Swimperf. Swimperf. Uh, Swim, that's a unique name. Yeah. Swim, P-R-U-F, okay. which if I remember their story right, I can't remember what the era was, but that was the, the term that was put on certain watches that were waterproof and ready for uh, for being dive ready because he's an active diver. So is his wife, Kashani. But anyway, a lot of the stuff that you see, this is a husband and wife duo that travels the world, adventures. And he's a content creator. He, he does, you know, the Grey and he creates, you know, photography and pieces around. I've, I've seen him on Instagram a lot too. Yeah, and his Instagram is super, super dope. But more and more when I when I look at his work, one, I'm like, dude, I, I totally like my wife and I, I feel like like I, feel like, I could be like that someday. All of the photography that you see where he's in it, obviously, that's shot by Kashani. She is an amazing photographer. Cool. The shots that you see, I mean, both above the deck and below deck, like goes underwater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jason's taken down Gagzook's degree luxury watches that are dive ready and writes honest pieces about them. And it's just, it's just killer. When you read about Jason, he also seems super humble. Like he's not one of these cocky adventurer types where, you know, grunting me, man, type of thing. He's just an avid explorer. And he, so he, he, uh, put on his site quote, so writing gear reviews and travel and adventure articles justifies as research, a lifetime of tramping around the planet, climbing mountains, scuba diving, and having a basement that looks like your local outdoor shop. Lucky. Dude, the dude sounds like our neighbor, right? Absolutely. Like anybody here in the Pacific Northwest can can totally relate to that.
1: Can it can it be safe to say that an inspiring person is one that is humble or devoid of bravado? Well, I in some cases. Yes,
0: but he, so he also follows that up later on on the site. He, quote: The New York Times called me, and I quote, uh, "a test pilot of the world's most illustrious undersea timepieces," and I admit that sounds a little grandiose. Well, you know, like it just. The guy guy sounds like the goods and his wife is an amazing photographer Mm -hmm. and this is her style. So as a photographer, we're kind of reading because when you look at how she shoots things, it's not your atypical static shots of, oh, look at this beautiful timepiece. To quote their site again, it's not really about the watch is it? It's about what you can do with it. And the same goes with every piece of gear, a backpack, a kayak, a camera. So that's how I try to shoot, put the gear and the people using it into backdrops of their natural surrounding. There you go. You know, it just, again, it it just kind of sings to me in in my own style. And Mm -hmm. I always look to them as kind of like, models because they are a husband and wife duo and someday I want to grow up and be like that
1: someday if you keep uh training saying prayers to eat your Biden's brother yeah you can grow up to be like Jason Heaton
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, that was awesome thank you very much I'll be here all week I got I got links to uh both Jason and Gashani in the show notes for the love of Rick Flair drink oh there's a new one there you go uh so yeah that that's that's kind of uh my first pick Along those same lines, in the photography vein, um, I would be remiss not to say that I look to Trey Radcliffe. Um, mm-hmm. I've mentioned him before in, in other shows, but you know, based in New Zealand, he goes where he goes, he shoots what he shoots, and is kind of one of the, the ombudsmen of HDR, high dynamic range photography, and just seems like a super humble guy as well. But I want to predate that so before i i kind of glommed on to trey radcliffe there was a photographer that's probably not as well known he's okay. based out of italy his name is luca rossini and anybody who came into mirrorless the same era i did when the nex 6 and nex 7 which was um sony's smaller frame, not full frame, APS-C cameras. Back in the day when the, the 5D Mark II was a heavy hitter and Nikon was swinging hard with their Nikkor lenses and the big burly bodies, here's Sony that comes into the market of this pocket-filled, it was almost like an iPod moment, the 100 songs in your pocket. Imagine having a DSLR that's pocket-sized. Oh, yeah. And that's where Sony really came into the market with their E-mount. Well, Luca, I believe, was a brand ambassador for, or got picked up as a brand ambassador for Sony, got flown out to Alaska uh, with another photographer to shoot with one of their newest cameras, the NEX6, which I would later also pre-order, and showed the flexibility of the kit. Well, after he did that, he did a 365, which if you're not familiar with that is, it's where you take a photo or a vlog or you make a post 365 days. And he did a 365 plus one on the NEX 7 back in 2013. Hmm. And I remember every day I would want, I would look forward to reading his post on his blog because, you know, this is a guy who does um, fashion photography, does product photography. And here's this guy who has one kit, just one camera multiple lenses, uh, and did this blog every day. And some of the shots was just mundane shots. Some of the shots were kind of him doing his work and it kind of got my juices going back in 2013 of how content is going to be changing. I mean, think about Instagram, think about all the stuff that we see today. Snapchat was just a dream. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook was the social network of choice. You know, like I kind of looked at Luca as kind of the, the ushering in of you know, uh, Chase Jarvis is always uh, another photographer based out of Seattle, sub chase, is always usually attributed to the quote, you know, the best camera that you can ever have is the one that you have on you. Yes. And Luca was just putting that into practice in my mind.
1: Sounds like he was one of the uh, pioneers of uh, your creativity inspiration.
0: It was early on um, because, again, he was using mirrorless, and that's where mm-hmm. I wanted to go with my photography as right. well. 2014, he did a second one, another 365, using the Sony RX1. Which is a full-frame pocket-filled camera with a fixed lens, very nice Zeiss 35 millimeter lens. And he did it again, and he also started his family around that time. So again, you could see how his his um, his tone in his shots also changed a little bit. And it's just great. He, uh, you know, I, I look at those two, and I, I put links to his uh, both those blogs in in the show notes um, because they're a little bit harder to find on his site because he's doing mostly commercial work, it looks like. But it's just interesting watching and rereading them to, in prep to the show, you know, I, I could see a lot of where I kind of pay homage to Luca. Absolutely. So, uh, another guy that I want to throw out is a guy and his dog, actually. Okay. I briefly mentioned him on a previous show. Okay. His name is Matthias Berling. And his dog is Gunpowder, uh, Sub Gunpowder. Coolest name for it. pooch. It's poosh. a Frenchie. Dude, this this is how I found this dude, actually. Okay. Was, I, okay, I was surfing Instagram this one day. I mentioned this on a previous show. And I saw this really cute Frenchie, and it was a real good composition. Frenchie, what, what French, do you mean? French Bulldog. Thank French you. Bulldog. So this Frenchie. And so I was like, oh, this is a really cute dog. Really good shot. Who is it? So I go, I, you know, the the creative yes, spiral that happens. go down the rabbit hole. Dude, this guy's got this great YouTube channel, and he... He, this guy just sings a lot in the same vein as I do as well. He, if you read it, if you read a quote from his site, quote, a man with a bulldog who loves photography and old forgotten cameras.
1: There you go. Um, old forgotten cameras that are still dusted off and used, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, totally. Oh, so, it. so, um, Matthias is based out of Sweden on his site. He also says, quote, I will showcase photos that I have taken in my spare time. The images will be a selection of my favorites, not the best or most professional or technically correct. These imi- these are the images that I like. Never mind the reason. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's just it just and he he busts out anything from like the latest and greatest like a like a Q I think is the latest one that I saw him or CL I think is the latest camera I saw him bust out to a to a, like a GR or whatever. But here's the thing that I think I like about this guy. Okay. Okay. I think he's also part of the watch fam because I noticed in one of the videos that he did. On this beautiful tape, very minimalist, like EDC shot that he was doing as he was describing, going into, you know, why he uses this specific camera. And it's got like a pocket knife and it's got the camera. It's got his wallet. And then it has a watch. And I had to do a double take. So I'm like, I recognize that. I think that's a Longine Heritage Chrono. So I started going through his other stuff, and on his Instagram, he has like a, a Longine like, uh, reissue that recently came out. And so, Matthias, if you're listening, if you're part of the Watch fam, give me a shout out because I'd be curious to know. And honestly, you have an invitation to be interviewed on the show. Absolutely. This this guy sounds like our people, just in a different country. Very cool. So kind of the shift from, from there to also in the watch fam. I want to kind of give a shout out to a, a watchmaker, and I use that word very loosely. Um, his name is Maximilian Busser. And if you don't know that name, you've probably seen or at least um, seen on a headline uh, the watchmaker MB&F, MB and Stand F, which stands for Mac, Max Max Booser and Friends. This guy is a horologist extraordinaire, if you ask me. And it's interesting because when you look at his background, he's classically trained as a microtechnology engineer. He, he studied at, uh, sorry, my French is not as good as it should be, École Polytechnique Fédérale de Luson. Um He graduated in 91 with it, but with this passion of micro... Uh, engineering, when you see a a horror work from uh, MBNF, and I've mentioned them before when we do a WatchFam episode, this is the timepieces that are based off of what looks like toys. You know, mm-hmm. like the Aquapod looks like a jellyfish on your wrist, or he makes some um, uh, horological automaton-like um, desk clocks. They're gorgeously built, and they're just decked to the nines in 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 the way they fit and finish and really when you look at it he also is the founder of the mad gallery in switzerland which is this gallery of, of horological art and you just you just look at this guy he's also just he's just dead passionate on preserving the information that is horology and, and as well as making watches and really cool toy inspired stuff but anyway if you ever wanted it, as if you're a designer and you ever wanted to get uh, your inner child on take a look at at Maximilian's stuff whether you're into watches or not because you look at it and you just you just imagine like uh, if Jules Verne's technology came to life that's kind of what his stuff is I thought it
1: came to life in in on the movies that I watch on TV well there is that too oh and and, and like back to the future where wasn't that Doc Brown's sons and back to the future three Jules and Verne
0: anyway Anyway, i I look to him whenever i i think about watchmaking is just because it it just he takes it to a whole other level and his creativity is amazing sounds good So I got an idea, AJ. I got an idea too. Uh, We are approaching a thirty-minute
1: mark for uh, this show. Dun
0: dun dun! I'm
1: sensing a two-parter. Yeah, because we got more uh, inspiration uh, that in our lives that we should uh, be able to to share and discuss. Because we are AJ and I collectively are the podcasting dynamic duo that you're currently listening to. But we are actually individuals who have arrived at this place through various channels. I think we should probably wrap this show up and continue next week or the next episode in part two of uh, the inspiration inspiration podcast, the inspiration uh, information. How how are we going to phrase this? We'll think about that later on. In the meantime, why don't we stick a fork in this show?
0: Okay, that wraps it up for this edition of the Bellingham Podcast. <laughs> Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember, if you are in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on Terrestrial Radio, KMRE 102.3 FM.
1: Community powered and they're streaming on the internet. That's what you're listening to us on at KMRE.org uh, outside of your podcast player. Yeah,
0: and on that inspirational note... Stay warm, everyone. It's cold in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm AJ Barsay.
1: And I'm Chris Powell. Thank you once again for joining us on part one of this uh, inspirational uh, mini-series on the Bellingham Podcast. Now i got to come up with a hook for this part two. On this.
0: <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs>